And it has substance. What substances are you eating, George? <laughs> this has substance! Yeah, when she almost like fucking took my heads off with an axe, I was like, damn, Emma Stone. But Emma like, Stone? Like, Emma Watson? She was there in. It yep. feels like a movie that, like, Seth Rogen just went like, Who's on my phone's contacts? <laughs> That's the car. One day cults are just Lion Kings. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, Sarah asked Rihanna if he could actually slap her butt. She said yes, but on the condition that she be allowed to really smack him across the face each time. Yep. Much to Sarah's ch uh, chagrin, she would be slapping Sarah harder with each take. <laughs> Comparatively, I think to this, this is, the, is end. the end. The characters are just more connected, whereas Anchorman is making fun of how these idolized people are not connectable at all. Uh, you, you have to craft this amount of dumb. It's like a weird paradox. Oh, it's so dumb, but they must have thought so much about it to make it that dumb. Hello and welcome back to the officially unofficial film podcast with George, James and Ben. What's happening guys? Are we all okay? Yeah, fairly good. Enjoyed the movies. Yeah, I mean my life hasn't adjusted at all in the last three weeks, which is either great or concerning. It's quarantine, that's why it's not adjusted, Ben. It's not concerning. Don't worry. Don't worry, you're pretty little head. Yep. Enjoy a good bit of Chuck Norris drinking coronavirus. Oh my god. Casual stuff. If you had seen our Discord chat, it's just Ben and James posting ridiculous amounts of memes, and at the moment we have our Chuck Norris drinking coronavirus meme. It's bad. He it's is... not even that long at the moment. He's the true king. It means that we've done. We we're not really communicating it. Like we spent three times posting memes on it, and then not really used it. No, because we use Facebook as well, and Facebook's true. easier to access. You you all oh, you use just chat a professional format. Where we post memes and shit. Exactly. <laughs> These are our, our professional mams. Chats our professional me. chat is a meme chat. Yes. Uh, so today we're talking about This Is The End. We Ooh. thought it'd be appropriate as a post-apocalyptic film. And I don't want to watch Contagion because I feel like I'll get anxiety if I watch Contagion. And we are in an apocalypse. so Exactly. You know. So we thought it'd be appropriate. Well, I feel like we're skimming it. We're like, ooh. Like, this is giving people sort of, like, well, what-if situation, because their realities have been changed so much, whereas some people, they're just sort of like, ah, I'm just going about my day introvertedly, you know? <laughs> True. Introverts are the real apocalypse chads. <laughs> real apocalypse chads, what even is that? <laughs> <laughs> Do uh, you think Chuck Norris is truly introverted inside? No. Could you imagine? Just a little bit. We're meant to be talking about the film, not the. This is the end. Me. The apocalypse movie. So dun, dun, dun. James is very upset with me and Ben.
because we prefer this to the last film we reviewed, which upset. was Anchorman. Well, it's you don't understand. I'm confused. Yeah, I'm confused. I love this movie. <laughs> this movie it is dumb. super dumb. It's super dumb fart joke level humour, but it has the cast of two of my favourite comedies. And it has substance. Yeah, More was it substance. Pineapple Express and Superbad, and then a shit ton of other movies that you also love. What substances are you eating, George? <laughs> this has substance. Edible substances. <laughs> no, I feel like this movie has. I don't know what it is. I prefer sitting down and watching this movie more than Anchorman. I don't know. Yeah, why. I, it's just dumb. It, I know what I'm getting it's in for. Polar opposites of sort of like plot lines. <laughs> like you got your mundane anchorman sort of like plot line with when they're trying to be funny sort of like in between the ship and then you got this that's just sort of like ridiculous all the fucking time yeah but it's it's a bunch of dumb fucking idiots suddenly faced with the apocalypse and they act like dumb fucking idiots i i really like it as well is the fact that like one of the opening lines as the apocalypse hits it's like we're actors we're not hard we're we're soft <laughs> we're not cut out for this shit. Oh, it was really sweet when they all sort of like snuggled together uh, on like the first night. Except for James like, Franco. James yeah. Franco yeah, but James Franco was zonked out with his headphones and sleeping mask and teddy bear. Did he have a teddy bear? I don't know. I want to say he uh, had a teddy bear. Pretty sure someone had a teddy bear. Yeah. Are you sure Jonah Hill just wasn't the teddy bear? I was, I was thinking that. <laughs> the teddy bear for multiple deities and things. Definitely wasn't the teddy bear later on in the movie. So this film is dumb. Yeah. But this film, the difference, I feel like the difference is this film is unapologetically dumb. Yeah, but so is Anchorman. It's just yeah. different kind of dumb. I, I think, I guess because it's like, you know, celebrity personalities all in this movie, it's kind of sort of grounded in reality even if it's really not at all well they're both grounded in reality but just in different ways uh was it they're grounded in very loose ways could it almost be like like, because their anchorman is focused on a slightly more realistic topic that has happened previously whereas this is the end is like what could happen true but like the fundamental things of schoolyard reality is like people chatting about oh what do you think it'd be like if we were in an apocalypse there's still that sort of reality element that grounds it similarly to anchorman i would say maybe i mean i definitely watched this just like why would you do this why would you do that you know it's the sort of thing in the apocalypse but then you you completely realize that... it kind of it kind of hilariously jokes on all the apocalypse and horror movie tropes yeah. Oh hell yeah. Oh, the, which I quite like. Uh, reproduction. We we gotta repopulate the earth, guys. There's only one woman. <laughs> yeah, when she almost like fucking took my heads off with an axe, I was like, damn Emma Stone. But Emma like, Stone, <laughs> Emma Watson. She Jesus. was there intimidating them with an axe while he had just like a gun in their hands, and she yeah. just didn't pay attention. She but knew it, it was bullshit. Blanks. Like she must have. Deep down. I was just surprised that they cast her in this movie. I'm surprised they got half the people in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like your typical Seth Rogen's Danny McBride's Craig Robinson, etc. I'm like not surprised by, but 
Emma Watson, Channing Tatum. Oh no, I could see Channing Tatum in it, considering he does fucking um, what's the cop one with a twenty twenty one Jump Street or whatever. Yeah, but was this out? Was that out at the same time? That's a good point. Like, I don't know, but since I've watched those movies, they're just in the same group now, I guess. Oh like, yeah, Twenty One Jump they got Street came out the year before. Yeah, it yeah. feels like a movie that like Seth Rogen just went like, "Who's on my phone's contacts? <laughs> That's the car." To be fair, it is like most of all of their old like cast and crew just getting together for a film. The only one that really kind of yeah doesn't seem to fit the is Emma Watson because I can't placer jason that, siegel like that, i would say that's more surprising to me so like jason Se- yeah. siegel um emma watson and rihanna yeah they're like kind of the three that watching this and if you don't have any context and just seeing them all in it is like what the fuck can we give an mvp mention to michael Sarah? yes he was great. I was wondering where you were going with that. Because, so, like, you're using the word MVP here. There's so many good, uh, was it, qualifiers for that. Like, Yeah, I know. MVP is the wrong word, but if you watch this film and you watch the first 30 minutes and you and then you just leave it and you're like, you know what, Michael Sarah is actually really fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, watch Arrested Development. He's like... Scott Pilgrim. ...has been crafted to be, like, a mastermind of comedy. Yeah, but... Just that single look that he gave out of the bathroom. <laughs> oh, my God. God. Every time, <laughs> every time I think about it... At all. Every time I think about it, I just both cringe and laugh at the same time. Yeah. A little bit it of was, slurp, All of those scenes time. with him in were, like, were the, like, epitome of cringe and laughter. It's just when he opens the bathroom. As well. Was his character the first time he was doing drugs or something? No, it was no. the other bloke. That he was um, that was a guy from ro- role models. Yeah, and also Christopher Mintz. I think I hope I said that right. He was one of the Superbad trio. Yeah, he was McLovin. And he was in he was in role models, wasn't he? Was he? Yeah, he was um, oh, like Dougie or whatever it was, the nerdy kid who. Yeah, because Michael Sarah just comes up to him with Jonah Hill, so it is super bad. Which blows a handful and just of says, coke. Yeah, I've literally got the quote in front of me, actually. It's just like, hey, does this coke smell funny? Yeah. <laughs> and then just blows it in his face. Oh, oh, what was the the story about, like, the, the Rihanna slap or something like that? Apparently, he made a deal that he could do that for real. So, like, both interactions are actually for real. Probably, like... Like, I'm not surprised about that. That's, like, neither. dedication to your work. That's, like, going up to your colleague and just going, like, we're going to do some stupid shit to make something great. Yeah. Let me have a look. He's just got this fucking pile of coke on the table. <laughs> so dumb. This whole film is so dumb, but it's so good. Like, you have to be professional to be this <laughs> dumb. Uh, you, you have to craft this amount of dumb. It's like a weird paradox. Oh, it's so dumb. But they must have thought so much about it to make it that dumb. Yeah. Okay, I've got the trivia here. Initially, Michael Sarah was not actually slapping Rihanna's butt, but rather making the motion and stopping right before touching her. As a result of the enclosed space forcing awkward camera angles, the scene was not working on camera because it looked too fake. Eventually, Sarah asked Rihanna if he could actually slap her butt. She said yes, but on the condition that she be allowed to really smack him across the face each time. Yep. Sarah agreed, but Rihanna neglected to mention 
Much to Sarah's ch- uh, chagrin, she would be slapping Sarah harder with each take. <laughs> <laughs> like, how much makeup do you think uh, they had to redo there? Because his face must have just been red if it went too many times. And he's super pale to begin with. Yeah, <laughs> one one slap and he is as red as a tomato, surely. Uh I would love to be on set watching that. <laughs> just watching them do scenes. <laughs> and and knowing and knowing that Rihanna's gonna smack him harder every time. Uh I feel like they would both be just smiling the hell out of it. Just sort of like uh just enjoying the pain that weird masochistic amount. Like That's an incredible fact. I'm upset I didn't know this before. And also the um pineapple so the Pineapple Express sequel that Rogan suggests. Oh my god, yes, that they made in the movie. Right. That was like the best bit. That was actually Rogan's idea for Pineapple Express. Oh, so we've officially for seen pi- the sequel. For a Pineapple Express sequel, yeah. That was his yeah, that legit was idea. Them getting all stoned and fucking doing that. And you've got, um, oh, what was it, um, Jonah Hill playing... Um... Woody Harrelson very well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the role of Emma Watson was originally written for Mila Kunis. I mean, that would make sense in the context of, like, forgetting Sarah Marshall or something like that. Yeah, so you've got, like, Jason Segel and Mila Kunis. That would make sense. But then also, I want to know if Russell Brand would have been in it. Because that just hit oh, Who's the other actress who plays Sarah, Sarah Marshall? That's, um... Because she'd have been great as well. But anyway, Emma Watson is, like, super left-field casting, and it's great. And I think it just adds to the movie. I don't really know what to say about This Is The End. You just have to point out plot points, just like uh, was it Channing Tatum as a gimp? Yeah, that was that was that was just great. That was bringing, swell. yeah, bringing Danny back in as a cannibal who's got Channing Tatum, who as is the gimp. leader of the cannibals. Yeah, Danny McBride makes an excellent sort of like cult leader. <laughs> yeah, he does. I'm pretty sure he probably is a cult leader. I don't know. I don't know him in person, but like. Would you uh, be surprised if that news came out? Like a little bit, considering modern day cults are like Lion Kings. That what? Uh, what? <laughs> what? Have you not watched the Netflix thing? You mean uh, Tiger Lion... King? Tiger King, whatever it is. Lion it's King is a film that's based on Hamlet. I need a surprise. Uh, what? Lion King, because we watched it uh, like a couple, a couple of weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. This needs to be a T-shirt. <laughs> what is the T-shirt? What James just said. I want to be part. I say of... a lot of shit. You have to pinpoint it, Benny. One day cults are just Lion Kings. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. But uh, what was it Tiger King? It's just three mad people in like their own type of cult going like their other cults. Man, I don't like them. <laughs> like it's just ridiculous. And then imagine just Danny McBride hopping into that. Like, as his just cannibal cult eating all the tigers. So He just... doesn't actually have to be a cannibal, just eat the tigers. That's equally as, like, fucked up in his head, uh, so his character's head. Just talking about this is the end, because these guys obviously do a theme of movies. If we got a real-life movie of Tiger King, I feel like it would have to be yeah, this, this lot. lot that would do it 100%. Like, Seth Rogen as... Um... Like the park keeper, not um Joe Exotic, but like the manager with the one who doesn't have legs. Yeah. Uh, uh, who was the was it? Uh, the more 
charity sort of like volunteer shirt number scheme person. What, Carol Baskin? Yeah, she's not happy with the way she's portrayed. Dude, Twitter, like, their Twitter posted saying, like, we worked closely with the documentarians. Um, oh, get the actual thing up. True, but, like, they probably worked closely with them. The, what was it, internet came back at them going, this is a bit weird, guys. <laughs> we love it. Then he goes like, oh, you don't like it in the way that I like it, though. So you're wrong. <laughs> so even though they might have had all the control that they want, they might not uh, like the output. Uh, guys who are listening, please let us know if you would like us to do a Tiger King podcast. Considering this is predominantly a film podcast, please let us know if you'd like us to do a full Tiger King one. Yeah, branching out with that sort of stuff. It'd be nice to get recommendations. Yeah. That is very true. If you've got... if it. If you've got absolutely anything, any suggestions for us to do, uh, movie-wise, movie sure it's a good suggestion. Yeah. And then we'll... Well, it is we'll just going to be neat suggestions now. Uh, if we get any suggestions, I'd be amazed. True. Like, the first suggestion yeah. we'll probably do uh, automatically. And then every other suggestion, we're like, ah, we already had one. Now. Oh, goodness me. I love the fact it's that we're just, trying to talk it, about tolerance of people. I love the fact that we're trying to talk about this is the end, and we keep diverging into something else. Yeah, I that's, think it's really like that's this like the spirit bit. of this is the end, though. Yeah, like, they're just going weird fucking tangents. So, just going back to the Tiger King quote, uh, this is what Big Cat Rescue said on their Twitter uh, regarding the Tiger King documentary. Big Cat Rescue worked with ti- directors of Tiger King in good faith and its sensationalism is disappointing. We understand concerns and remain focused on our mission. We don't respond to allegations or hateful statements, but monitor for questions about efforts to save the majestic animals. This is one of the few tweets where I've seen it have way more comments than likes. Oof. This has only... That's always a good sign. This has only just oh. over 800 likes and it's got two and a half thousand comments i wish there was like a not the, a national one of anthem, the replies has internet m- anthem hang on one of the replies has more likes than <laughs> oh, shit. the comment itself which is that it's the top comment the directors exploited you and set you up perfectly to detail exactly who you are you're no different than the others who use the tigers for fame fortune and ego the name rescue is a facade and cover up to who your organization really is great job netflix this Oof. is not me i have to re- reiterate this is not me saying this this is directly off of what someone said on twitter because uh, otherwise you I have feel the like user account name I... should we out them come on <laughs> no i dare not out them we out here well it's qu- you're quoting them you're okay, saying you know what i'll as well this put is a at, name to the face at carl underscore diesel in which that was quite a ballsy like, he tweet. He deserves all the credit there, George. Don't try to take that away from him. I'm not taking it away from him. Like I just how, don't know if he wants uh, to be outed it? by a couple the of British cultists deserve all the credit for what they're doing. Which cultists? All the cultists. The Lion oh, King, obviously. Yeah, the Lion King the cultists. Lion King cultists. Uh, oh, that's going to be our cult, you guys. <laughs> if or we ever lion. blow up, the lion that's kingers. probably going to be our cult. The Lion Kingers. Yeah, we're here all for the protection of animated wildlife. <laughs> We should be in the spirit of the internet, like, as long as it's, like, make anything out of it. Fuck it. Don't protect it from anything. That's our cult. 
Make as much weird random shit as possible, because that's fun. Coming back around to this is the end for like the fifth time this podcast already. The Exorcist. Oh, the Exorcist. <laughs> I forgot. He's about got a that. fucking cross. I forgot made about out. that. Yeah, like this doesn't hurt at all. And then like later on, it's like oh, actually this hurts a little bit. Ah, uh, uh. That, that was, was probably the peak of uh, his acting in that movie. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just fucking funny. That was. Just the whole thing is funny. See, okay, this is what I like over This Is The End than Anchorman. Coming back to that discussion real quick. And it's similar to what I said about Hot Fuzz. The whole storyline is the joke. And it's woven in. I think that's why I prefer it. Because it's always like, what's the next joke that you're going to hear that relates to this or whatever? And they, they play on these like bizarre stereotypes of their own self. Like, they are acting a character, all these people. They're not actually playing themselves, but they're playing, like, such playing bizarre stereotypes. Version. They're playing an extension or a bizarre stereotype of their own. Yeah. And it's brilliant. Personality. And it is wonderful to watch. But, like, could the same said the Anchorman, except for, like, the glaring-eyed overview of the story, which is just sort of like, oh, a panda was it, is giving birth, and... Uh, was it fake news on the biggest news shows? They're fairly mundane stories. The first one more than the second one. That makes you just sort of like gloss over when you try to take it all in at once. But it's why it makes such a good stoner movie. The more high you get, the more smaller details you look into. It just becomes weirder and more beautiful. Is that a film neglecting the finer details? I don't think it is. I think. There was this thing that happened a uh, while ago that is real. And then these guys decided to sort of like do their version of it. Was it like accurate at all? I don't think it was trying to be accurate. It was just kind of like using this material that they'd read about, you know, parodying this, this bloke who had a weird news anchor voice who just never stopped using it off camera. And then also using... You know this this female anchor woman journey as like inspiration and then turning it into like a super bizarre comedy. But don't get me wrong, Anchorman is is good. I don't know. It's like I think they use the same. Well, maybe I don't. I think I, actually that's a bit disingenuous. They they still use the same sort of kind of like toilet humor jokes, but they use it in different ways. I mean, it is kind of the same, but it's not. I just I just I know what I'm getting in for. This is the end. You know, it's it's like a Seth Rogen stoner movie with the super bad guys. Like, you know. Well, I guess that's why it's uh, better for stoners, because you don't know what you're getting into. That's probably why I rate it more, because don't know where it's going with the story. Whereas with Apocalypse, you can sort of like maybe notice the tropey bits more. Sort of like, ah, there's going to be repopulation jokes and shit like that when talking about Apocalypse. But with like that Anchorman story... Like, it's so mundane on the surface that you don't really know where to take it with. And then when it goes to some places, it just seems to surprise me more. Maybe I just like apocalypse movies. <laughs> yeah, apocalypse that may be that as well. I will give you that. I also really like how This Is The End uses all the typical tropes in, like, apocalypse and horror yeah. movies and kind of, not flips them on his head, but basically is like, 
What would it be if a bunch of dumb actors were in this situation? What, if, what would it be if a du- if a bunch of dumb high actors were in this scene? That's why I feel like both movies are just so in like the same vein, but done in like different ways. Like yeah. the actors around them, there's just so many good actors condensed. Like you just imagine them all being in a boardroom, just saying like, "My character's gonna be like this. It's gonna be fucking weird," and then everyone just going like, "I right, yeah." We can fit that in. So I really like the fact that like all six of the main actors, and that's Danny McBride, Jay Burrichell, James Franco, Craig Robinson, Seth Rogen, and Jonah Hill, all have a have a different character. Yeah, but they're like they're very similar on the surface, but then you dive a little bit, and they're all very different. So you've got yeah. obviously all six of them being like a list movie stars, a list stoner movie stars. Danny McBride though is like the asshole who doesn't think. Jay well, he just doesn't care. Yeah, is he's the asshole who doesn't think and the asshole who doesn't care, right? You've got Perfect for Apocalypse. Right. Like, he just he gets by. Yep. You've got Jay Burrichell, who is the not the out he's kind of the outsider coming in. Like he doesn't feel he's like also he's also the quite... hipster asshole. Yeah. He is like I think they summarize each of their characters at different points in the movie. And it's like, you know, you got like Jonah Hill where it's like, he's a closet psychopath or something like that. Yeah. You got Jonah, which is just great. Jonah, who's like the fakest out the lot. You got Seth who wants to keep his childhood roots, but also wants to be part of the cool crew in LA. Yeah. You've got James who is basically playing this narcissistic LA. I'm the center of attention character. Actor. Yeah. And then you've got Craig Robinson, who is the he's the typical like everyone likes him. Yeah. Right. But also each of them has a major flaw as well. Well yeah, that's why they don't get sucked up into heaven. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which is which is it's quite fun to watch how they all like kind of not reveal that, but it kind of like it strips away slowly. Not as a character film, obviously, but they've all got their different quirks, Mm. flaws. They're all different. and they all blend for the life well. of me. got their front stages and their backstages. Right. Which is quite funny for them being at this. Like, it's a movie playing on that. But whereas that's literally like... their life. Yeah. Whereas I feel like, I know I know, we keep comparing Anchorman, but it's the freshest movie in our mind, especially when it comes to major American comedies, comparatively to this is this the is end. I think this is the end. Characters are just more connected. Whereas Anchorman is making fun of how these idolized people are not connectable at all. That is a fair analysis point. I I just don't think I liked the jokes in Anchorman. They were just like, they made no sense. Someone in the scene would start rambling off about something random. Whereas like in this, fair enough, it was the same sort of style of joke where it was like, oh, let's crack off a fart joke. Oh, let's, you know, oh, Jonah Hill's a, a fucking possessed demon. Let's throw up on the other people. You know, it's just typical like shit gags, but I don't know, it made more sense within the context of the whole movie as 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 you said george where like the whole movie is a is is a parody or like a joke in itself and like i know, I know everything in anchorman does kind of revert back to you know that point where it's like the 70s where you know sexism was all-time high i don't know just never really connected with itself i don't feel like that, it links that, as well I, yeah. I completely understand you there but that's why anchorman is Something that ages better than uh, this is the end, I would say. Like, this is the end. Yeah. No matter where you are in movies, you'll probably enjoy it to a certain level and probably 
repeat a couple after times you watch it and give it a little sort of like breath. Whereas Anchorman, you, that breath time is like needed to be a little bit longer because it's a lot more deep seated issues that we're laughing at, or a lot older deep seated issues. Yeah, you need more time to process how all our parents and shit like that were like, and then you get more context of oh, this is a thing that could have happened, could legitly be the people that uh, are ancestors. Yeah. Which and I guess like a scary and funny thought. Yeah. Well, this is the end also relies on like a lot of like pop culture of today and having watched what well, today, seven years ago, um, you know, and having like watched half those movies or, you know, been exposed to half these, you know, respective personalities that are in this in this film. I think that's why all the jokes are so funny. It's like, why is Channing Tatum in this movie funny? Because, like, everyone thinks he's gorgeous. Like, everybody. So when they make a joke about that fact... That's literally all his character is. It's yeah. being a fuckdoll. But this is the point. It's like, they bring in people for two seconds, and they, like, they can make these, like, gags off their, you know, their star power, I guess. True. Like, I would say Seth Rogen is probably one of the best people for like just churning out quick funnies yeah whereas will ferrell is like the opposite is sort of like he's gonna maintain his persona for as long as possible till you break yeah which is cool but i don't oh, like his jokes <laughs> that's fair i just not i like funny. the contrast between the two like i could never say which actor is better because they're just so different in the way that they enjoy doing how they do it yeah, but you could say who you prefer. They're just so different to me. Like, uh, maybe I just don't have a preference. I just—it's like—it's like saying, I like, "I like apples and oranges." I wouldn't say one's better than the other. Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I said just which one do you prefer? It's, it, it, like, you don't have to think one's better. Surely but... that depends on the moment. Exactly, that is also true. Because it's like saying. Oh, uh, Fanta and beer. Which drink do you prefer? And I love both. But... See, I would still say like Fanta. Cause... Yeah, but that's your personal preference. But like, exactly. if it's, if it's with it. my like light lunch, I will have a Fanta. Whereas if it's if like we're going out on the town, and someone turns around and says, "Oh, would you rather have a Fanta or a beer?" It's like I'm gonna have a beer. It de- it depends on the timing and it depends on what you what you're watching I nine times out of ten in the middle of a re- wedding reception like that is true yeah. it's dependent i think this is the end and anchorman are both very preferential movies and james is more a 50 50 split whereas me and you are more like a 90 10 split in the sense that we are 90 percent more likely to watch this is the end than anchorman i, I would probably say 60 40 for the movies whereas the people are like 50 50 just on the uh, basis that sort of like Anchorman seems like a little bit more grounded in reality than uh, it, this is the end. So when they do even weird the shit, like like this could actually exist. What is wrong with our planet? See, this yeah, is where it's actually yeah. this is where it's interesting for me because I prefer this is the end because it is like the basis of the story is already absurd. So when I sit down to yeah, watch this is the end, I'm like I'm expecting an absurd movie. If I'm going to watch Anchorman, I'm going to expect a little bit of absurdity because of who the cast is. But I'm also going to expect 
a bit like Hot Fuzz, a bit more is of a storytelling joke. Sort of like had an intuitive sense that I would be against you on sort of like uh, this is the end compared to Anchorman. Because maybe I just like destroying myself sometimes with like spicy foods and stuff. Just because I, it's just nice. Like it's a breaks up the normal mundane shit. Maybe. I guess I just had a gut In feeling over. No, maybe, know. but I didn't. I couldn't put my finger on it previously. Whereas I think now I think I have. Well, this is why we have these discussions. So here's here's an ultimate question. I think for us three, if we're on a night out, we're coming back. We're doing. We're going to Yummies, or another takeaway shop, and we're drunk and we're eating some food. Out of Anchorman, and this is the end. Which film are we putting on when we get in? This is the end. Like I would probably go for this is the end there because it's like Godfather. You wouldn't put that on at the end of the. Maybe I would. But no, it's I still wouldn't. a good movie. Like... <laughs> See, yeah, I think that's an interesting point for us because I would put on. I honestly, I don't know which one I'd put on. So, swiftly transitioning and smoothly transitioning, what is each of your favourite moment from This Is The End? And why? James, I think we know what yours is. What? Guess. I, want, like, I have a thought in my head. Surely it is Michael Sarah's face on Slurpee Sippy Time. Yeah. Oh, I do love that moment. But there is a moment in the climax and that sort of gets ruined by sort of like the biblical stuff in my opinion. But just when the giant devil dude is holding his dick, it's just sort of like, Wah! Oh, yeah. <laughs> ben, what's yours? Uh, I, I liked the bit where Jay got called out for being a hipster. Why? Because you very you resonated with that. I felt personally that. attacked at that point. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, you know, you wear skinny jeans, and I, I, you know, because you wear skinny jeans, you're probably a hipster and hates everything. He's like, I don't, I'm not a hipster. I don't hate everything. Oh, and then they, is that with that's with Emma Watson and who? Um, Craig. Uh, the oh, what's his face? Craig Robinson. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's just like yeah. you probably hate um, Forrest Gump. He's just like, yeah, that movie's dumb. It's like, and then Dude, what the hell? Like, and I, I, the annoying thing is, I don't hate Forrest Gump. I just think ben. it's okay. Ben. Shut and up. like, Shut this up. is this is the point. You are like, ben, blasphemy If it's right any now. consolation, I really hate Jay's character. I like Jay. Yeah, I really and, hate Jay's character uh, as well. It? Fucking actor. He's a great actor. But he's great as Hiccup. I really hate it. Yeah, exactly. And I don't hate you, so you can't be that sick. No, true. He was a he was a tosser in this movie, but it's it was just you know where just like the stars align with like similar stereotypes, and you're just like, God fucking. Yeah, I get you. Damn it's it. like a black mirror. Is what? Yeah. If you go too far into this, it's, you could be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. My toss up between the two moments are when Jay walks in on Michael Sarah and he does the slurpy sippy time, and probably has to be when they're all. Uh, singing and Craig Robinson busts out his keyboard. Okay, yeah. Just because oh, it's yeah. so dumb and so absurd. It and it's like, it at what party does all hundred or so guests circle around one man with a keyboard and start singing Take Your Panties Off? I don't know. I've never been to like I've never been. LA house party, so... If that genuinely happens, why? Like they, 
they're the type of people that can just grab people's attention. So it yeah, like, they have that charisma. It seems so natural within the movie because they're just always grabbing your attention. Just I mean, I guess it is so that. absurd. It's great. The most surprising scene. I am still just surprised when Jonah Hill was just what was it? The devil just over him in the bed, and then just his massive dick pointing <laughs> out. And I was like. I do not remember this the first time I watched yeah. it. There's a lot more dick in this film. I was like, there is yeah. so much dick in this movie. There's there's so much dick. dick. My mind just giant uh, demon I don't know, dick. whitewashed it. Oh, like... the other two good moments are when Paul Rudd randomly appears with a giant bottle of champagne and then squishes someone's head. Yep. <laughs> Did he fall in the pit? No, I think he's a lot of people fell in the pit. Yeah, a but lot I don't think Paul Rudd did. I can't remember if he did or not. If it didn't, no. it was a flash and we missed it. Um, but then also, guy from Serenity fell in the pit. Yeah, good. Probably because he was in Serenity. Oh, you take straight, that back. Bit. Straight fire. And then the other Again. one is Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Oh, yes. Like, how is it not Backstreet Boys? It's the fact that Jay fucking asked for it as well. It was Just so like, left field. I want Backstreet Boys. That, that was the most left field thing, but also <laughs> the thing that we most resonated with, I think, throughout the entire film. Nobody expects the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> they just come on at every bloody party, don't they? And, like, you just have to dance. Yeah, and if you dislike that song, why? Exactly. <laughs> Shall we have a quick summary, then? Pineapple Express 2 is a great movie. <laughs> Agreed. The best character Thirded. was Woody Wilson or whatever. Wow. Woody Harrelson. Okay. I'm terrible with names, George. Jesus. Although Jonah Hill's rendition of Woody about. Like, literally, I see their face and just butcher their name. It's like, Woody Wilson is a great ca- actor. I love him in Spider-Man. I mean, Venom. Yeah. It's the same franchise, right? Christ. Uh, James, what do you have to say? I don't think anything can top saying Pineapple Express 2 is a great movie. <laughs> it was. It, it sums up so well. Like, it's the reason why I think YouTube is a thing. Like, just the behind the scenes of Pineapple Express 2 is good enough for its own movie. Yep. Yep. It can entertain people. It's good. Right. We'll leave it there, guys. We want Pineapple Free. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening once again to the officially unofficial film podcast. This has probably been the biggest mess podcast we've done so far. I think that's fine. I'm biggest. It'll work. Start next. <laughs> thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, we'll see you on the next one, where I think we're talking about the Joker. So we're going on a very different path with that one from two stoner movies into. Well, we have to diverge. It's Lion King. Two similar sort of things. Two stoner movies. Grounding. And now we're going left field. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah. We'll see you guys then. Sad boys. <laughs> 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 <laughs>